Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Dollar. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime Mr. Shaw me and Sean how is it going? Great form Connor can't mm. complain how about yourself? Well I was having a good day until I oh. found out that this week is the 10th anniversary of Toy Story 3, and now I'm kind of questioning life, time, and no, maybe death. I saw that in the <laughs> cinema when it came out. Toy Story 3 is the 10th anniversary this week. That's, as in, they've started counting anniversaries for every five years, right? Yeah, but like, you know how... <sighs> No. I was just going about my day. I was like, wow, I'm so young and free. And then I seen that and I went, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm Connor, old. That... Oh, my God. That is horrifying. <laughs> just everyone take a moment. We're not even going to get into Shrek and Shrek 2. When they came out, could have been in the 1900s at some stage. That's when they're set, I mean. Like, it's a documentary. <laughs> I do believe that, yes. So, Sean, as always, every single week with Movie Mondays, I'm taking no movie news. What are we going to do? Cinemas around the world have lost $30 billion or something ridiculous. That's it's a all lot of money. That's more than I have. Um, but <laughs> True. <I> was <laughs> but then, just before, t- today is Monday, as, uh, I mean, it'd be weird if we recorded this on a Tuesday, but... Two things happened in the last few days. One, we got a Zack Snyder Justice League teaser trailer, Sean. And then number two, we got a lovely trailer for one King's... The King's Man, I should say. I was going to say Kingsman, but that's a separate movie. No, um, I've, I've, I've said this to you before. Yes. It's the King's um, Man. So, and I was like... Great stuff. Where do you want to start? But I feel like we always end with the DC stuff. So this week, we're starting with Zack Snyder's first peak Justice League thing. Because it's only 30 seconds long. But I gotta say, I'm a very cynical man. But this looks cool. Even though I hate the fact that it looks cool. <laughs> I, I think you're going to be angry whatever happens with this film. <laughs> well, because, I mean... I think it's a great teaser. If we just go, like, objectively, I think it's a really great teaser. And it would have been perfect for maybe around 2017 or 2016 when we were all excited about Justice League. Yeah, because especially, like, the content of this teaser, it's coming, like, right off the back of Wonder Woman being Mm -hmm. a massive success. And it's... It really ties... Justice League into Wonder Woman as in like, oh these two have a connection Yeah, now of course if you haven't seen it, just go to Zack Snyder's Twitter page, um, as I said it's only 30 seconds long and it's it's just um, uh, I don't want to say it but Max Landis is back <laughs> well, Lex Luthor is back doing the voiceover 
and he's uh, spouting things about Darkseid and it's just Wonder Woman looking at a, a picture of Darkseid on the wall, an engraving or whatever, a painting. Yeah, and which is fucking genius. Yes, he's like because, an, he's like an ancient villain. Yeah, and it establishes no, he's been around forever. Mm. Like there are like you know there are ancient drawings of this dude, and even the ancient drawings call him a threat. And even they, nobody's been able to stop him in every single year he's ever existed. Nobody is so, which raises the stakes for later on when, of course, Superman comes back and is like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this." Yeah, as opposed to fighting Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah, Steppenwolf, which is Darkseid's uncle. R- yeah, and do, what am I going to ask here? Do you how much Darkseid do you think was filmed? If you get me, like, at what point? Did they decide to drop the Darkseid stuff? Because we've heard before that he was meant to be in the movie. I think Darkseid... Now, I don't know any of this for sure. But I, oh, the, the vibe I got was Darkseid was the original bad guy for part one and part two. Because uh, when it was a two-parter, he was going to be... The first part was going to be um, Superman comes back evil. And then he's going to come back in the black suit with the mullet. Um, and they, that would be the plot of maybe the first part. Second part was Darkseid. Um, and then halfway through production, something happened, which either it might be, it was straight off the back of Batman vs Superman, maybe they changed it that way, but just in regards to, I f- feel like they thought, it's not, it's too soon for Darkseid, because we have this whole movie where we have to bring back Superman and we have Darkseid in the same movie, it's kind of a long shot, because they crammed it all into one part. Um, and at that point, I think they changed it to Steppenwolf as a way to, right, we'll do Steppenwolf now, and then we'll do Justice League 2 five yeah, years and, uh, from now. And when Justice League is a massive success, yeah. we'll set <laughs> up Justice the League, We can't go wrong. I think we have this nailed down, lads. All the boys in the suits in the, in the room. I think we can all assume $3 billion, so let's already take five years down the line. So let's everyone take, take an early day today. Go home, <laughs> rest on those laurels. And like Steppenwolf looks fucking terrible. Steppenwolf looks Justice awful. <laughs> he looks like two thousand and one like graphics. Two thousand and one like PlayStation graphics. Scorpion King. He looks like the end of Scorpion King. I, like and he doesn't match the background. That whole final fight is a mess because yeah, it was regraded. Like the, the original shots look quite nice, but then they put this weird red filter over everything. Which comes from Joss Whedon. So I, I'm pretty positive he was the one who put that filter. But of course, Zack Snyder puts a blue filter on everything. Why do I, we have I'm to have say, a filter? Look, of the filters, I prefer a blue one. Okay. What about no filter? Sits back. Shut a the fucking fuck nail. up. <laughs> what if we just film things and then make it look cool? Huh? What about that? I don't, I don't agree with it. I bought all this colour gel. <laughs> Um, now, the interesting thing about this is, what did you, what did you think of Lex Luthor doing the voiceover? That kind of raises the idea that Lex Luthor is in this movie more. He's not even in the original Justice League, other than the very end, I think. Um, and so he could be in this movie along with Darkseid, which implies that maybe they have some plot. Has Lu- Lex Luthor gone mad at the end of this? Or was that... Was, I think was he, he, not in- he, he seems more in, like, more comic book insane in this um, mm. in you know in this teaser than the very calculated insanity that he had in Batman vs Superman would you say calculated that's an interesting word <laughs> I would say he was written to be a certain way <laughs> manic I'd Ma- say manic manic is a word for it uh, Max Landis type <laughs> yeah um, but he's doing the voiceover you also have Wonder Woman which I think is as you said a really cool um, dichotomy between Wonder Woman who's also been around like she's made of stone she has she's, there's magical forces in her and so she's looking at these hieroglyphics and it's dark side and she's like fuck like, I wasn't even taught about him. He must be the greatest evil of all time. It kind of sets him up to be cool, because if she looks very scared of him... Yeah, and she has fought the God of War. Yeah, she's fought Ares, yeah. Uh, who Also terrible CGI, but we'll not get into it. Mm. Like, 
But also, wouldn't it make a lot more sense for Wonder Woman to be the one to put the Justice League together? How so? Like, if she realises this is a threat, and for us as the audience to see that, okay, this, you know, demigod who we've seen kill a god is like, I cannot do this on my own. It sets up Darkseid to be the, you know, the bigger, badder villain that we're waiting for. And much more characteristic of Batman to be aloof, because he's a part-timer in the Justice League uh, normally anyway. And so she would have to go to him rather than the opposite way around. I think it was. A, I think the two of them were together, kind of setting them all up. That whole movie's just a mess. It is. And, but you know Batman's little thing at the end, where he drops everyone off, and then he's like, now I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> What's the point? That makes way more sense if he had no involvement in putting the team together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I can understand that logic. Because the whole movie's like, we got to come together. There's a big evil. And then they go into the final fights and he's like, fuck all y'all. I'm going to do it myself. Exactly. Like, he goes back to classic Batman for some reason. <laughs> but uh, Did you think... Uh, also, I just straight up, do you like the teaser trailer? I mean, that's a simple enough question. I like it because I have no fucking clue what's going on. True. Um, and I... I like the music. The music score is really good. Just as a, I mean, it's it's thirty seconds. There's not much to it, but it's just epic. Like it happens. You're just like, there's a a brief like shot of just adrenaline. You're like, this could be cool, and then you remember. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the shot at the end as well of just, is that the battle that we saw in Justice League? You know where you see I like think- the Green Lantern and everything like that. I think it is. It looks like it looks around the same uh, set. Well, set's a loose term. It looks like the same CGI um, yeah. as they used in that battle. Now we had you saw Steppenwolf in that in the movie, mm. but I think it's changed to Darkseid. I think that like he swapped out a model or whatever. I think it was originally Darkseid, and they just changed all of that to Steppenwolf, which is why he looks so bad. Oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah, like that's that's a that's a cool thing about a scene like this is that it's essentially an animated portion of the film. Yeah, and um, this know. is all, by the way, for the DC fandom, which is like an online convention kind of thing that Warner Brothers are hosting. So that will be happening instead of the San Diego Comic Con, which is really good because over the next few weeks, and especially at that convention itself, there are going to be like. There's going to be lots of trailers. There's going to be lots of things released. The one thing I'm very excited for is Suicide Squad 2. There is uh, theories that that will have a release of uh, its own trailer, which I think could be very, very cool. But this is why, say, Zack Snyder released this. I think they'll release the full trailer when they get to the convention. Um, But another thing, actually, Zack Zack Snyder said he will actually be there at the convention as well. So if you want to ask him questions about which gun is Batman's favourite... Go right ahead, but um, <laughs> the main thing that uh, he also came out this week and it was revealed, he revealed it in a tweet, as is usual, that the Robin, do you remember the Robin in Batman vs Superman, you know the Robin suit? Ha ha ha, jokes on you Batman. Ha ha, jokes on you Batman, exactly. That is Dick Grayson's suit. So Dick Grayson what? is dead in this universe. No. Yes. <laughs> little Dicky? What? <laughs> they killed Little Dicky. Dude, if Dick Grayson became Red Hood, <sighs> that that is like unstoppable. Oh yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> I know you don't like it, Connor. But think about it. But I think that's just Zack Snyder being classic him and just like, we'll take the one character of Batman who has any sort of likeness to him, kill him. Yeah, <laughs> well, I kill only him. want Batman. I only want edgy grit. <laughs> we, we can bring Jason Todd in, you're Robin, forever. You're never going to die, Jason. But D- Tim Drake at a loose end, and Dick Grayson especially, too, he can fuck off. <laughs> Give me Damien Wayne. <laughs> Damien Wayne and Jason Todd. They're the only Robins he'll take. So, that is a bold move to kill Dick Grayson. 
Yeah, I just I read that that was kind of just a follow on from the Zack Snyder teaser trailer, but that was like in one of the links underneath, and it was like Zack Snyder confirms this, and I was just like, that is a weird way to go about that, and also implies once again Zack Snyder not the, not the most well read up. Um, <laughs> well, here's okay. the thing, the, like thinking about this Batman that we're getting. If Dick Grayson was killed by the Joker, it makes sense that Batman would never take on another child. Yeah, okay. Because Dick I, I was his favourite. Yeah, he was his favourite. Well, how could he not be? Let's be honest, he's, Sean, he's the best of us and the worst of us. He's the best of any human, fictional or non-fictional. <laughs> Mostly fictional, because he is in fact fictional. Um, also, this is a movie, the teaser trailer. It's a movie that was considered unwatchable by studio execs, the Zack Snyder cut. Originally, when they showed it, they viewed it as unwatchable two years ago. So, I'm interested wow. to see how this goes with a four hour cut. Is it a four hours? It's is apparently the- rumoured to be one four hour film or well, multiple we- TV episodes. It was meant to be two or three parts, though, wasn't it? So. Yeah. I wouldn't mind like breaking it up, like even if it's a four-hour file that I have to torrent and just watch in like twenty minutes. <laughs> How though, so. dare you? What? Dude, no one torrents anymore. It was no, a- I don't actually. <laughs> that was big in 20, 2007. And what was it? Uh, LimeWire. LimeWire, yeah. <laughs> and you download one song and then your computer would just blow up. Um, just tear through computers. <laughs> So, yeah, that is the Zack Snyder teaser trailer for Justice League. I said we'd start off this week, get that out of the way, because there's more exciting news, Sean, and that is Mamma Mia number three. Yes, there's going to be a third Mamma Mia movie. It Well, going to be, it might be happening. It is a heavy rumour by one of the producers stating that, I mean, it was made to be a trilogy. Let's make it a trilogy. What happened in Mamma Mia 1 or 2? <laughs> well, there was Pierce Brosnan, and he couldn't sing. Um, there was Colin Firth, and yep. was, and he, I think, could sing slightly better than Pierce. And uh, oh, there was Howard Stark, but young Howard Stark. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, yeah, that dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, that dude. Exactly. Um, and... They all just turned up on the island, and she's like, one of you is the father. Don't know who. And there was a whole thing. And there was Abba. And that's kind of Mamma Mia. Yeah, the first one is a wedding. Yes. Is the second one also a wedding? <laughs> I've never seen the second. Hang on, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia. <laughs> But there's going to be a third, and why this is interesting, Sean, is it's going to have, rumoured to have, new ABBA songs. I am sensing an issue here. Mm, What's the issue? Are ABBA still making songs? They reunited Ah. earlier on this year, or I think it was late last year. Mm. And so Uh, ABBA have said that they are going to do new songs for this movie if the third Mamma Mia happens. Okay. So it's definitely happening then. Yeah, well, I mean, if they like money, I'm sure they will. Do you want me to read the first line of the plot of the second (laughs) film to you? I would. I would like that. Sophie is preparing for the grand reopening of her mother Donna's hotel following Donna's death a year earlier. Oh, Jesus. Brackets, thank you for the music. Close brackets. <laughs> she is upset because two of her fathers, Harry and Bill, are unable to make it to the reopening and she Fuck. is having trouble in her relationship with Sky, who is in New York learning about hotel management. Brackets, her- thank you for the music. <laughs> to her dead man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Throughout this whole like plot summary, it's yeah. broken up with the ABBA song that plays. That's I mean, that's cold. That's cold for her mom to be dead, and then in brackets put "thank you for the music" in the fucking plot synopsis. <laughs> what if I had done like following Donna's death a year earlier? Brackets voulez vous <laughs> those brackets. 
<laughs> brackets, Eurovision winners, 1974. Claude brackets. <laughs> oh, Lord. I will not watch the second or the third one, I don't think. Oh, come on. Everyone loves ABBA. It, like, ABBA's fine. Come on, that's outrageous. That's an outrageous thing to say. Look, you, I... Mm, I don't like oh, no. the first one. <laughs> I think if you said the words, I don't like ABBA, I think we would get hate mail. And I would be one of those so? males. Yeah, I think... We haven't had I hate think, mail in a while. I know, we haven't. Um, but I, I, would, I would be willing to allow it if you said you didn't like ABBA. And I think those movies are not very good, but they are dumb fun to listen to ABBA. Um, I don't know if a third one will work if the ABBA songs that they now release are not very good, but it could be a thing where they've been gone so long people will just be happy to hear anything. That could be it, yeah. And see, now you're in a weird predicament because do you, as ABBA, do you release those songs or do you just buy the Mamma Mia 3 movie soundtrack? But the Mamma Mia 3 soundtrack will be their songs. Exactly. Right. So okay. which comes first? The songs or the soundtrack? <laughs> are they the same album with a different cover? Yes! Yes, they will be. But, so, oh, I want to buy both. You buy one, I, I'll buy the other. No, because physically. on the soundtrack, it'll have Pierce Brosnan singing. And I don't know if you've heard Pierce singing, Sean, but Pierce is a, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely man. And we all have talents. But I think Pierce would be better served, maybe... Not ever singing. Wow, that's that's a lot to put on the man to just ban him from song. <laughs> no lyrics from you, Pierce. I'd say. Yeah, unless those lyrics are. That only that. I'll only allow that. Are you shouting at Sean Bean to buy you a pint? Those are the two reasons. <laughs> Other than that, get out of here, Pierce. And then he says, "Mamma mia." <laughs> Which I mean, not even in the movie, Pierce. He didn't even read the script. Um, he's Irish. We're allowed to slag him. Okay, he's one of us. <laughs> he's one of us. Um, we're going to move on. There's going to be a Mamma Mia tree if we all just. I mean, if there's anything to come out of this year, we all need a bit more ABBA. That look. Uh, I was trying to think of an ABBA song to use as a pun, but yeah. can't do it. Oh come on! Um, I was going to as well, but I won't even give you the other. Because oh, you just said well, you hate ABBA. You said you hate, hate ABBA. <laughs> okay. I'm indifferent to ABBA. That's how re- that's worse. That's worse. Um, okay, we're going to move on to something that somebody else is indifferent about, and that is Star Wars. Because not, but I'm not talking about myself here. Oh. Oscar Isaac has come out this week <gasps> and has stated that he has no desire to return as Poe Dameron right now. Um... He said, in his own words, maybe if I need another house or something. <laughs> He's, yeah, can't blame him one bit. So, uh, yeah, Isaac recently spoke about his experience with the franchise in a deadline panel, where he insisted he enjoyed his time making the films. I enjoyed the challenge of those films of working with a very large group of incredible artists and actors, prop makers, set designers, and all that was really fun. However... If Lucasfilm were to approach him today with a new project for Poe, he likely wouldn't jump at the chance, stating that if he did need another house, he might do it, but other than that, he doesn't know. I, like, he said this even, I, th- I think in the press junkets for <laughs> Rise I think he was done even then, yeah. If he were like, would you, oh, you, would you come back in the future? And he laughed and said, No. <laughs> Which you gotta respect the man. You do. He'll see, like because he was him and John Boyega were very outspoken about the fact that like they didn't, didn't super enjoy working on Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Like it wasn't the film they wanted to make. So honestly, I I think he's he's big enough and talented enough that he can make that call to just be like, no, I'm not doing Star Wars again. He said, it's not really what I set out to do. What I set out to do was make handmade movies and to work with people that inspire me. 
Um, that's in my DNA. I'm not alone, obviously. Every actor of a certain generation, those are the films that made them who they are. So that's certainly my case. It feels like, for me, a personal turning point in that, as far as I'm concerned, it has nothing to do with the finished product. It's the process of doing this. So I think it's fairly clear from that. He just does not, he doesn't enjoy as he says, the process is the word he uses, but it's just the grind of being there for seven months, and perhaps when the movie comes out, you just basically have to deal with every single day getting shat on, on Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever, yeah. for something that's not your fault. No, because it's like you're, it's the Disney machine, mm. that it's just like, actors go in one end, a movie comes out, and then the actors get just thrown to the dogs a lot of the time. Yeah. Where the the actors and the director normally get thrown to the dogs, <clears throat> where mostly all of those films they have to go through another seven people before they get to the director. Exactly, yeah. The direct it's not this secret thing that they give you a bunch of money and then say, Here, direct this film and act in this film and then it's all behind closed doors for seven months and then uh, they just they post a USB stick with the film on it to all the cinemas. Like that's not there's sorry just I was gonna say there's so many levels of just corporate that it all has to be approved by. We have to do a survey. We need to ask these people. We need the dials to say whether we like it or not. Yeah, you all want it to be more violent and less violent, more comedic and less comedic, right? Oh boys. Oh lads. Uh, Well, this is what you're getting. Get JJ in here. He's the only man that can do this. It, like, JJ has escaped largely unscathed. But I, I'm not seeing like the visceral reaction to JJ that Ryan Johnson got. Which fascinates me. It really does. Because I think, <laughs> but I think everyone is blaming JJ's failure on Ryan Johnson's setup. I think... I think The Last Jedi is a better movie than Rise of Skywalker. Oh, boys. That's big talk. Because it, 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 is, it is what Ryan Johnson wanted to make. Mm. You know? And you know what? I think I, I agree with you. I, now, I'm not a big star. I'm not as big into Star Wars as you are, as we've stated many times on the show, but I just think The Last Jedi, for all of its flaws, it probably has... I think I even said this in the review that we did of it, but it has lower lows um, than The Rise of Skywalker. But what it does has is it also has higher highs. So it all, it has the throne room scene. It's got Laura Dern going through um, going through the other spaceship and all the sound just drops out. Like, yeah. those scenes are all-time classics. And, like, we did The Phantom Menace, say, for The Lazarus Pit um, a few last month. And... The, the scene where uh, Jude of the Fates plays and you have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, that's an all-time great Star Wars scene. It's not in a very good movie, but it's it's an all-time great Star Wars scene. I think it's very similar, whereas I think The Rise of Skywalker doesn't have any great Star Wars scenes. I don't think so. I think it's... Like... And any, any it does have feels like they're either echoes of what came before... Are like they're trying to make an iconic scene. Yeah. Like also, someone edited uh you know the Force Ghost bit in Rise of Skywalker? And they put all the Force Ghosts in at the end. Yeah. Mm. It's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Makes way more sense. Like if you wanted to fucking If you wanted to make an iconic scene, that was the time to do it. And I don't even think... See, I think that movie starts off on a bad foot straight away because, of course, Palpatine there. He, there's lots of fans for Palpatine. I think Palpatine is a great villain, but that doesn't mean you can bring him back from the dead when you want to. I think it's not like we break glass in case of emergency and get Palpatine back in. I think that kind of... We're going to get into a whole topic on the whole movies themselves, but I can understand where... Oscar Isaac is coming from because I think his character and John Boyega's character definitely got shortchanged the longer that trilogy went on. The first movie, I think the two of them are perfect and it's a great setup, but they lose a lot of steam after that. Yeah, they really do. And I, 
and, and they're not the only characters to get shortchanged either. Like Kelly Marie Tran got done in, in oh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. What was it, a minute and 37 seconds or something? Something like that. Like she was just popped up and left. She popped up to basically be like, I won't be in the rest of the adventure. Go on without me, Finn. And then she left. Yeah. I, uh, this has turned into which movie is better. But I also think Oscar Isaac is too good for those movies. He's too, he's too damn good. Get that man's sexual chemistry with everyone into another movie. I'm it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be talking about Oscar Isaacs without you bringing up his natural sexual chemistry. <laughs> it's only the scene at the end of The Last Jedi where him and Ray literally say one line to each other. And I, in the cinema, I was like, Jay, they could get together. And then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> they literally just said hello to each other. Damn you, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> you're, you're, you're with your deep eyes. <laughs> Um, and him and Finn should end up together okay we're moving on Um, to our next piece of news and this is not really big news but it's news that made me laugh because this might be the worst headline ever you've seen Gladiator Sean have you not? I have indeed yes you've seen it this Christmas I, I did see it this Christmas yeah. <laughs> late to the party on that one late to the party well Gladiator 2 is a movie that has been um, he's been talked about a lot about Ridley Scott's uh, Gladiator Two because of course Gladiator One made a lot of money, won a lot of Oscars for Mr. Russell Crowe, and so they're all thinking we'll do Gladiator Two. But the biggest challenge they have stated the biggest challenge for Gladiator Two. This is going to be spoilers for Gladiator One, which I t- came out twenty years ago, so I think we're okay. But Gladiator 2's biggest challenge, says producer Doug Wick, is the fact that the lead character Maximus is dead. <laughs> That is, look, I didn't want to say it, lads. I didn't want to embarrass you. <laughs> Do you think they got to the writing stage and went, oh, fuck, I forgot. I fucking forgot. I, oh, no. Oh, oh they paid me already. <laughs> oh, I'm after, I have to write this fucking movie. He's after writing the whole movie with Maximus as the lead character. And then oh. he walked in there like, you know Maximus is dead, right? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I was, I was testing you. I was testing you. Yeah, when I was yeah. <laughs> Just hastily oh. scribbling stuff out. <laughs> no, I, I meant um, um, Mattimus. Uh, I just, I put an X there. I meant to be a T. I misspelled um, it everywhere in the script. Like, but that's the thing is that surely we've seen all of Maximus's story. <laughs> he had a pretty good run now in the first one. Yeah, it's a pretty like comprehensive look. Mm, at yeah. who he was and what he's gone through. Um, I I don't know. Like, do you do you make just another gladiator movie, or will does it not it, have the same? Does impact? it have the same? Yeah, does it have the same sway if it's not Russell Crowe and Gladiator and Ridley Scott? I'm. Yeah, I can't say. I like. Part of me says, like, a gladiator movie can be a type of movie, you mm. know, and you just tell stories related to gladiators, but if it's billed as the sequel to Gladiator, it needs to tie in somehow. It has to be his son, surely, also played by Russell Crowe. <laughs> just with a slightly different haircut. Just slightly different, he's a bit older, like, a nice guy is Russell Crowe, like, big beard. Bushy hair. I think that could work. I'm I'm not opposed to it. Mm. Um, but a film like this, I can't think why they would ever decide to make a sequel for it. Because it's just going to get panned by people who like the original. And I just love the the heading that... It seems, the way they've written all these stories is it seems it like occurred to them late in the process what happened. Because the producer, as I said, Doug Wick, he was speaking to the comic book, which is a, an outlet, and Wick says that the issue of bringing Maximus back to life is a major creative hurdle for the team working on the sequel. I mean, surely that hurdle was not a hurdle at all. Surely that was just like something you already knew was there. It didn't just pop yeah. up. Surely that's a fact you know going into the writing process. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm... If they, if they do bring him back to life, they need to go like full Highlander on this and go balls to the wall insane with it. See, like, 
um, maybe he didn't actually die. It was faked. It, it was a faked death at the end of the first one. Do you think people will like or hate that? <laughs> I think they'll hate it, but I think that's the only way you're going to get away with it. Um, unless you do the sun angle and do like maybe something like Creed, where obviously I know he's not Rocky's son, but the same idea where he's like carried on his father's legacy or something. That could work, you know. And just treat it as... Yeah, following the line of Maximus. Because then you have Cre- infinite just ones. Do the actual movie Creed, but replace Sylvester Stallone with the ghost of Russell Crowe. And he's like there always as a force ghost. And he's just... He's constantly just chatting away, trying to sell his jockstrap. And then the son is just killing people. And then... See, you're going to have to get Yaki and Phoenix in. Um... Probably. Is he too big for it now? He might nah, be, he'd probably I do it. I, I don't know. He, he could probably come in. Um, he does say that, I should say, that um, Doug Wick says, Ridley would love to do it. Everyone involved with the original loves the movie too much to ever consider cheaply exploiting it. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> do I have some news for you? It's just a really clear creative problem working on a script. Ridley's working on it. It's really just a question of whether we can get it to a place where it feels worthy to make it. And of course, the leading man is dead. <laughs> Yeah, we keep coming back to this. <laughs> he said it like three times. He's like, we'd love to do it. We don't want to cheapen the first one, but the guy is dead. Also, we'd love the movie, but Russell Crowe is dead in that movie. He's just, he's not living anymore. Yeah. Which might come as a bit of a shock to people. Do you think we could do maybe, like, another Iron Man movie? Maybe just, well, we'll just, just Iron Man 4? back. <laughs> Four, no? We're slowly running out of films that are just like film, you know, like they're just movies and stories, and that's it. Because you can't like, just have one; you have to have a trilogy. Yeah, and I wonder how long it's going to go on before people really get sick of it. Because I'm sick of it. Oh God, I was sick of it many a year ago. Many right, well, a year I was ago even now. more sick of it. I'm cool. Well, I, I'm the most sick of it. You're the most. T- uh, awake of it you're the most healthy what yeah <laughs> I didn't say I was the most asleep of it you're the most awake of it so take that uh, that's yeah, right I am I, woke I, I Sean that's right yeah you're woke on Gladiator oh come on uh, I think Gladiator 2 is going to be a great success I think they should keep doing it waste your time keep doing it Waste everyone's time. <laughs> yeah, I will never see it. Um, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and that is Tenet. Now, Tenet is Christopher Nolan's next big project. It's meant to be coming out on July 31st. Um, Sean, we of course seen the trailer a few weeks ago, but we were wondering, what's the plot? It's very vague. Well, very confusing. Ha- it's a plot. The plot has been the. Deli- the plot details, I should say, have been revealed to us, the common man. Nolan Excellent. has come down from the heavens and looked upon us, and he has given us the plot details, which I think you'll quite like, because the tenet plot details tease a global disaster worse than a nuclear holocaust as Fucking the plot. Stakes, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's bigger than a nuclear holocaust? Something worse? I don't know. I don't know, uh, fucking global yeah. nuclear holocaust. <laughs> fucking nailed it. Chris, give him some money. Um, so, yeah, obviously Christopher Nolan is doing, uh, he's done Memento, he's done the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, to name but a few. And so he, he's he got bank. He's got money in the bank at Warner Brothers that he can kind of just do whatever he wants. Um, and so he kind of goes bigger and bigger. Every single time there's a new movie. Yeah. And so like, his... Go on. I was just going to say, there's, surely there's like a ceiling to him going bigger and bigger that he'll eventually hit. And then mm. people will... He'll fall from grace. No, he won't, Sean, because you know what he'll do then? He'll go back in time. Which is what <gasps> Tenet does. Good oh, shit. God. So, I completely <laughs> forgot. Now, Kenneth Branagh is in the film, and he has come out, and this is what the, this is the plot he gave uh, for Tenet. So let's try and figure this all out together. It's an espionage piece 
that's dealing with a global threat to the world, which, I mean, a global threat normally would affect the world. A it's nuclear the holocaust. <laughs> yeah. A nuclear holocaust is not the greatest disaster that could befall the human race. Tenet discusses an even worse possibility, and it is wrapped up in this mind-boggling treatment of time that continues Chris Nolan's preoccupations in films way back to Memento through Interstellar and Inception. Ah, the the confusing time ones. Yeah. The confusing time and space, all the same while combining world-ending scenarios. Um, does this just mean that it's going to be a plot where the bad guy wants to blow up the world and the good guys have to reverse time to get him? That's... Uh- He'll try and say that it's not that, but I think it's that. <laughs> I think it might be that. It's also a fairly bleak breakdown. It really it doesn't leave much room for hope, does it? <laughs> no. It that. I was going to say he should work for DC, but he did. <laughs> oh, that's what they did this to him. Did they, they made him sad? Before this, he was going to work on the Angry Birds movie. <laughs> Um, he wrote the first screenplay for it but given that Nolan's actors have reportedly even had difficulty getting the story straight there's surely much more to the film than just this that's right there has to be more to the film more than time travelling global threat uh, you know nuclear holocaust um, what the fuck does the word tenet have to do with it I, I don't understand I don't understand anything and the more the more plot details that come out the less I understand. That's the thing. For the longest time, this was the only movie we had to talk about. Yes. So now I'm sick of talking about it and I just want to get it over with. <laughs> there will be no more tenant news after this. Even if they tell me exactly what happens, I still think I won't know what's about to happen. I'll be. I'll have watched this film and I'll be confused. I just know that's how it's yeah. going to be. No, I think so too. I... I I think we're going to watch this and then you'll get people going, you have to watch it more than once to fully grasp it. And And I'll say, that's weak storytelling. (laughs) If I'm not smart enough, now I am an idiot, but if I'm not smart enough, (laughs) I will figure it out. (laughs) I'll confess straight up, you gotta really lay it out for me because otherwise I'm not picking up the subtle details of what you're putting down here. But at the same time, like, I like bombs and guns and shooty shoots. So come on there now, Chris. Give me a bit of them. I, look, I'm, I'm, I hope I go and see this. And I'm like, yeah, I loved it. And I probably will say that. But I did, Yeah, you are pretentious, you know what I mean? I really am. Connor, you need to watch it more than once. <laughs> I need to but, watch Joker. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch Joker more than once. But just like the last five minutes where a certain set of pearls falls to the floor. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I'll watch that on a loop. <laughs> Play that at my wedding and funeral. <laughs> I think there wouldn't be a much, there wouldn't be a worse scenario to get me to torture me. Like if I was a criminal in war, they would just get me, tie me to a chair. And then play the last five minutes of Joker and then the first five minutes of Batman vs. Superman over and over again. Like, what war are you fighting in that that's your that's Oh, your God. Uh, the war on... Oh, I think the war on, like, crime. Just crime in general. I'm just... I'm kind of a you badass do, in that regard. That's true. Wait, uh, you, wait, 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 You're fighting against crime or for crime? Oh, gee, actually, hang on. Fight... War on... No, the war on crime is against, surely... So you're being, oh, you're being tortured by criminals. <laughs> they like yeah. crime. Obviously. Jeez. That's true. Do Sorry, the side, yeah. Why would the side that doesn't like crime commit a crime? <laughs> you're not picking down what I'm, tr- you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Oh, I'll pick down Do whatever you, you want. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot how to talk. Um, I to also have, I'm uh, looking currently at uh, one of our Patreons, um, Raymond Gig, he made us a poster, or he painted us a poster that yes. is amazing, and it's our here's for hire logo. Um, it's on a green canvas, and it says "Keep calm whenever things go slightly awry," and he spells awry with double A W R E E because he's a dickhead. But um, <laughs> it's because of that one time, maybe seven times, where I said awry instead of awry, and I just think that might be bullying to have that hanging up in this room. I think the fact that you hung it up as well. 
yeah. is is impressive. Um, you have to learn from your own mistakes. That's true, and one of these days you will. <laughs> one of these days, a story will come up, and I will say a right. It may be not today. And it won't be probably Wednesday or Friday or next Monday. But it will be at some stage. I will say a Rye instead of Ori. I think you were just so in the zone that you just... You know, syllables had no meaning anymore. <laughs> no. You just keep going... Yeah, but then the problem was you kept saying Ori for the rest of the episode. Because you were being mean. That's true. You might say the whole episode went a bit Ori. <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't. Because that's not a word, Sean. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I fucked it, Connor. <laughs> I just wanted to give Ray a shout out because I look at that poster every time I'm in the room in this room and it, it I always look at it and then I giggle and go dickhead <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on to our next piece of news and that is Wedding Crashers sequel story is go- is teased by director David Dobkin that is right there could be a Wedding Crashers sequel 2005 was when is the this- Wedding Crashers film came out is that the Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson joint? Vince Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson Rachel McAdams. I mean, they're, they're all have Isla Fisher's in it. I think Bradley Cooper's in it for a little bit. That's well. well look, it's an all-star cast. It's an all-star cast from 2005, and you know what we need more Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson team ups. Sure, well, sure wasn't that Google one class. <laughs> I think that was the review on the poster. Sure isn't this one class. <laughs> ah, lads. But like, ah, no. You, you fall dangerously into, you know, the same ilk of film as Dumb and Dumber 2 and Two Lander. You know, like, I, I don't know if... Quite silly comedies are the way to go for a sequel 15 years later. I think Wedding Crashers 1 is a very good film, though. Now, I it haven't re- seen it in a few years, but when I was younger, or like when I was like 16 or 17, I used to think that movie was great. I haven't seen it since then. That's, that's fair. You know what? That's fair to say. Mm. Um, but what are your... First of all, would you see a sequel? Probably not. <laughs> not in cinema, anyway. Yeah, probably not. It would be the same thing as Dumb and Dumber 2. Like, I like Dumb and Dumber, but Dumb and Dumber 2 came out into the cinema and I had no interest in going to see it. Because why would you? Yeah, because the first one is going to be infinitely better. Yeah, and I I, I don't know. Look, I I fully, I would love if Wedding Crashers 2 was a great film. I just can't think think of an... Go ahead. No, I was going to say 2005 was peak Owen Wilson Vince Vaughn. T-Bucks. Oh yeah, they were the they were the they were the guys to have. Them two and Ben Stiller. Like if you had any of those lads, you were done. You were onto a winner. Yeah, printing money. So, yeah, like because that was the era of like dodgeball, and what's the other? Was Night at the Museum around then? Uh, I think that might be two thousand seven, maybe around then. Uh, but like I just said, Zoolander. Sure, Zoolander and Wedding Crash all came around within a few years of each other. That's true. Do you remember Drillbit Taylor? Uh, no, I've no Drillbit Taylor is a fucking great film. It's <laughs> okay. Owen Wilson, and he just he plays a bodyguard for some kids. Do you remember Marley and Me? What a fun romp! I'm not allowed to watch that movie because apparently it's too happy. <laughs> yeah, it'll only cheer you up, Sean. There'll be no need. I, um, I wouldn't sleep for days. You wouldn't sleep with the happiness. Lying in bed, just a big smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying, really. Um, so um, the director David Dobkin came out and uh, he basically said why he, Wilson and Vaughn kept turning down Warner Brothers for a Wedding Crashes 2 he says everybody everybody I mean come on everybody keeps hitting me up about a Wedding Crashers sequel everybody ah, Sean come on now I mean have you have I has I've anyone not. listening to this <laughs> look there's two of us and that means literally not everybody has 
has asked for this. <laughs> I don't want to attack the man. We don't have a script, he says, that we're there with yet. For many, many years, every year I got offered to do the sequel. There were some very big deals on the table, and none of us wanted to do a retread of the same movie again. Anything within those first years that we talked about was the same movie. And we were like, why? Financially, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I did. And Vince and Owen didn't want to do it either, because Vince, uh, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, they'll only do good movies. So they're not going to stick to a bad one. They're like they're they're like Oscar Isaac's quote earlier. Like they're they're in it for the process. <laughs> just remember the Google one. It's just so good. It's class, man. I, I've actually never seen it. The the plot is um, not <laughs> not the Google one. The plot of the original wedding crashes, of course. Two guys, one the uh, they keep hitting up weddings uh, to sleep with all the bridesmaids. And then one of them falls for one of the bridesmaids, and you know it causes a bit of bit of friction in the in the duos. But yeah. they're na- they're now saying that the plot for this sequel could be two the two guys in their late forties who end up being single again and have to go back out into the world. What a weird, difficult, challenging story that could be. He says. Right. <laughs> Does that interest you? Surely that like. It, it it kind of undoes the first movie, though, doesn't it? That they are single again. It, that, and, like, they grew as people in that movie. Oh, Will and Farrell's that, in it as well, isn't he? He's a funeral crash. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah, he's great at that. Uh, like, uh, that premise doesn't sound as funny as the original premise. Mm. I just want to see a movie where sad old Wilson and Vince Vaughn are 47. And they're just trying to chat up oh, young women. they're going to try and I, figure out Tinder. I, I know they will. There's going to be a scene with them on Tinder. And they're like, TikTok? It's, it's going to be the same script from Google. It's, it's going to be yeah. the exact same script. Is that what is? Have they gone from being the young goofballs to... Uh, now they're the old men who don't get it anymore. I think they they are, yes. But I think we are also. I think we all are. You eventually grow into that role. It'll happen to you. But, but, but what's worse is when you try to deny it. And you're like, no, I'm still cool. But does it make it better to make a career off it? Uh, no. Also, I don't think I have any interest. I like wedding crashes. I don't know if I want to see old, sad um, people, uh, them on Tinder, being like, how do I swipe? What is this? I don't understand it. And they'll definitely have love interests who are 22. And yeah. those poor women are going to have to like try and fall in love with these two men. And and then they'll like they'll they'll be with the perfect person for them. Mm. And then they'll see someone, you know, younger and flirtier and then they're mm. going to go off with them yeah. and they're going to be like, "No, I can't do this." And then they'll run to her in the rain. Oh, in the rain! In and the they'll rain. Do that, they'll, oh my god, it has to end with them crashing another wedding. I think that's the end of the first one. Do it again! Have them do at it. a wedding, and they'll crash it, but they're there to declare their love for these young women who are too young for them. What if, what if, <laughs> right, they're at the wedding, and it's the, it's the perfect person that they've jilted, and now they've gone with another person who's yeah. not as good as Owen Wilson, or not as Vince good. Vaughan. No. And then they run up the aisle. To, uh, it's like, does anyone have any objections? And they run up the aisle and say, "Well, I run do. is uh, run is." I mean, the jog. The jog. I mean, they've been yeah. in the rain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then say, like, "I have an objection." And then it all works out for them, and not for the other person who was due to get <laughs> married. But he was probably evil or something. Yeah, he was probably a, like I don't know. He probably kicked dogs. He kicked Marley. <laughs> he he kicked, oh. Marley. Not in the film, though, right? Not, not, like, um, not in the film. That film will just make you laugh, Sean. Remember? Ah, good, 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 good. I'll save that for a rainy day. Yeah, when I'm feeling a bit down, I'll turn it on to cheer me up. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think this is a terrible idea. I think just leave it. I think just leave it where it was. I don't if, think it'll be anywhere near as good or make as much money. If Two Lander bombed and was not very good, I think this is very similar. I think the only one that slightly got away with it was Anchorman 2, but I think that's just because that was such a cult classic that I think 
I think that had more of a fan base going in, and all the, Paul Rudd, of course, is still a big, massive star, and so is Will Ferrell. But it's very, yeah. it's not very often that Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn are. Back then, they were like the leading men in comedy, but now they are not. No, now, like, I could, I, I would say that the, the way, like the, the one movie that's left, I think that would make a decent sequel will be Dodgeball Two. Yeah, I, th- I think Dodgeball before Wedding Crashers, definitely. Yeah, because that I, movie I, I, is so quotable. Like that, I still quote, um, "It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him." Like I just say that all the time. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> and that's what Anchorman had was it was quotable as fuck. Yeah, but I don't know any quotes really from Wedding Crashers. Um, yeah, I like women. One of them says, "I'm assuming." Oh, uh, fucking hell! <laughs> you don't love him. You love me. He's a, he's wet from the rain. You oh, the don't rain, love of him. <laughs> um, okay, we are finishing off movie one this week, Sean, with Kingsman talk. Um, the new Kingsman trailer came out. Sorry, the Kingsman. I I'm saying Kingsman. The Kingsman trailer dropped. I think like less than twenty four hours ago, um, and. I think this is the best trailer I've seen for this film. There's been two other trailers, which I can't remember, which I think is a more... It's a worse view if I just can't even remember them. So, I, I think that's as, as good a review as any, because I just think this probably has more of the Kingsman vibe. Like, it gets more into the action and the comedy rather than setting up the world. Yeah, and... I I like this as well because this is an origin story but not for any character. This is like the origin of Kingsman. Mm. Um Now Kingsman wait, 1 is a great film. Kingsman, Kingsman 1 2, is great. Not very good. No, Kingsman 2 kind of felt like um you know in like a sitcom like Friends for example. There's like and we're going to London for a season. Yeah. Kingsman yeah, 2 like- felt very like Wow, imagine them in America. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. I, the first thing that actually struck me watching this trailer is a lot of things, it's just kind of, it's set in World War One. It's kind of building up the fact that this is how they set up uh, this Secret Service or this branch of Secret Service. Um, and there's a very weird thing where they like mirror the first Kingsman just in regards to like you have Ray Fiennes there he's kind of Colin Firth um, and the other guy's name is Harris Dickinson I think he plays a guy called Conrad and he is kind of eggsy yeah and but like the you know 19 19 I think it's 19 10s equivalent uh, yeah it's yeah it's it, it's it's more difficult. I feel like the the class divide looked different back then, in terms of like Eggsy versus Colin Firth in Kingsman is like chalk and cheese. Mm. But um, I don't know whether they're going to hit the same beats. In I this hope one. not. No, I hope it's a very different, like, because because what does what is the Eggsy of World War One, if you get me. Yeah, I think, I think what worked what worked in the first one won't work here, just because like it's not going to be as good the second time. So you're going to have to make uh, Harris Dickinson's character or Conrad or whatever his name is. He's going to have to be different. But I think this is Ray Fine's movie though. Like looking at it, it's just like the first one was Colin Firth's film. I think this is Ray Fine's. He's going to be leading all the action scenes. Um, and he's he looks like he's going to be either the guy who leads the movie through the hallway and then makes the dramatic uh, save at the end, costing him his own life or something. Yeah, and and I I think Ray Fiennes is doing a great performance from what I see in the trailer. Yes. Um. I I think this is for as ludicrous as Kingsman is this feels more grounded if you get me I don't think this one's going to end with a lot of colourful explosions oh god no well I really hope it ends with a sword gun I really like the, a sword the, gun Sean the sword gun looks so cool <laughs> <laughs> we both seen that and when I watched it we watched it separately but I listened to you watch it and you were like sword gun and I was like sword gun <laughs> that's it just is cool 
Um, so he's playing the Duke of Oxford, apparently. Right. Yeah, that's Ray Fiennes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Harris Dickinson is the name of Conrad, who's like mm. the the dude. And you also have the Tooch. The Tooch is in this movie, Sean. The Tooch is in this movie. Is yes, he Merlin? I, I think he's replacing Mark Strong as the bald man. I think they're just like, going like for like. They're interchangeable, really, aren't <laughs> the, they? The two of them are interchangeable. So, But I will always happily have the Tooch in any film. I think the oh, Tooch the makes Tooch everything livens better. up any party. <laughs> yeah, and if he's Merlin, even fucking better. It's, it's, I, I like, I like it. I like the way it's, um, you know, it's a period piece. I feel this is going to trick a lot of people into watching this movie. Because if you see The King's Man and if they release like a serious trailer, people who just like war movies will go watch this. Oh yeah. Do you think you could watch this without having known the other ones? I think so. I think mm. I think they'll do a good enough job of like because it's the origin, you know. Yeah, they're going to be like this is how we will do things because um, it seems like we see the founding of Kingsman in this movie. So you you see the founding of the Kingsman, like the Kingsman Secret Service, but you also have the leading villain who we actually don't see. He's in the shadows, and um, everyone's wearing like um, a gold ring. A distinctive gold rig. But his followers, Sean. One of his followers is Mr. Rasputin. Um, played by Reese. Uh, I don't. I never remember how to pronounce his name. Reese Ephens. The guy from Notting Hill. Ah, uh, yes. The very <laughs> and the same. Doctor, the doctor from The Amazing Spider-Man. The Lizard Man. Yes. He, like, he, he seems pretty good in this. Also, do you know about Rasputin? I know very little other than the fact he was like a Russian royal family kind of magical dude. Ah, oh, we know the we know the same amount, so that's okay. Cool. <laughs> um, the premise of this movie, by the way, is a collection of history's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds gather to plot a war to wipe out millions. One mm. man and his protege must race against time to stop them. Which I mean. That's as good a plot as any. You got a lot of bad guys in a room. They're like, we're going to end the world and then we'll get all the money somehow. I don't know how yeah. we'll get money when the world is over and done with, but look. Well, they'll make the new world. They'll make the new world. We'll burn it all down and start again. <laughs> the classic plot line. It's a high stakes underdog story. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like the look of this. Um, we get the classic Take a Modern Song. And slow it down a bit and get it sung differently. Oh, what is it good for? It, I mean, the minute that started playing, I was like, Rush Hour 1, first of all. Yeah. And then number 2, I was just like, I'm fucking in. <laughs> I'm really pumped. <laughs> this, this movie looks like, it looks fun. It looks like a fun war movie. And I think that's what was missing from the second one, but was definitely in the first Kingsman, where it's just, it's Matthew Vaughn on directing duty, and he's just going hard at in terms of just the fun part and the action and their people are quipping their people are bouncing off each other and of course the chemistry between Colin Firth and Taron Edgerton in the first one is very good and hopefully they're able to replicate that in this one but I just think action wise itself it's going to be really great so I think Matthew Vaughn normally has that down it's just everything around that yeah it's it's the the plot and the character interactions and everything like that. But I I think Kingsman 1 is great. I think Kingsman 2 is fine. It's better than a lot of movies that came out at the same time as it. Yeah, it didn't do very well, I think. But I, I think you're right. I think it was just because the first one was so good. I think people had unrealistic expectations for the second one. Yeah, but I, I, have, I have high hopes for this movie. Hmm. That's so oh no, that's dangerous. It's risky, I know. I've dared to hope. <laughs> hope? What is it good for? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes! <laughs> no, like I'll I'll definitely watch it. Also, Ray Fine stops a grenade with a shield. He does, and he gets blown out through a window. Also, also, Rasputin died in December of nineteen sixteen. So Okay. I, I, this is set around that time. 
And then there was a very successful film called 1917. Oh, geez, it's all connected. Hang on. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a carry-on from that film. It's all going to be no, no cuts. All just shots. Oh, my God, imagine it. <laughs> at the end of this film, it went into that film. It just like the after credit scene is that film, <laughs> and the full two hour film. Yeah, it just and you you can't leave. No, you, can't you leave. have to stay. It's after credit oh. scene. No, you put it as the mid credit scene, and then the oh, after credit scene is different. So you have to stick around. <laughs> the after credit scene is Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> Fine, I'll, I'll do it myself. What and the fuck it, is going on here? Then it goes straight into the Infinity Saga, the whole thing. <laughs> Um, so that is the the King's Man trailer Um, I think it looks very good and I actually am more excited about this than I probably would I just think it's a really good trailer for what it is yeah and it doesn't give away too much either for a third trailer like no so I think that's it for this week's Movie Monday Sean what a week we got actual movie news again actual movie news very unlike us very very unlike us to actually report on anything (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, Sean, do you want to take us out? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you goes out to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all so, so much for continuing to support the show. You've been absolute treasures. If you missed it, actually, we put out um, a new Patreon-exclusive Lazarus Pit. Or what do we call it, Connor? Uh, uh, Patreon-exclusive Lazarus Pit is what we call it. Pelp is the correct answer. (laughs) Don't be ignorant. Uh, (laughs) All right, teacher. (laughs) You actually sounded like a teacher. Don't be ignorant. Don't. Just be better. Yeah, okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh, So we put out a Lazarus Pit episode. We did... uh, a talk about slash review of X-Men First Class, mm. which was a lot of fun to record, and the movie was a lot of fun to watch. So Yeah, X-Men First uh, Class is one of our faves, so it was just us gushing over Fassbender for an hour. Which is most things with Fassbender in most it, to be things. fair. Did you see him on Graham Norton that one oh, time? He was, so, he was so drunk, wait, no. What? No, no, he's a, he's a respectable man. He'd be good in a Kingsman movie, actually. Oh, he'd be good in any movie, Sean. <laughs> he would. <laughs> Don't put him in Star Wars, though. He's too good. No, he's too good. Um, so, yeah, that is up on Patreon for all of our $5 and above patrons. If you haven't listened to it yet, or if you think you might enjoy that thing, head on over to the link in the description or patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast. Yes. Um, also in the description, a link to all of our social medias. You can also email us, here's for our underscore at outlook.com. If you have anything, you any news for us and you'd like us to talk about or just hate mail just send a hate mail I'm happy to read it and I'm not happy but you know <laughs> but you're going to bed watching Marley and me you have no issues I'm about to be the most happy man on the planet <laughs> just skipping into the sitting room <laughs> cannot wait uh, got my blanket got my hot chocolate <laughs> Next up, Bambi. Here we go. Oh, no, I know that one. <laughs> um, um, so I think that's about it, Connor. All right, so I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Main. And just tell one human being we exist. Oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.